Hey guys, what's up? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share with your mates and enjoy the episode. All right, guys, another episode of The Flip Side. I think this episode might be, is it 46 or 45, Christian? 46, 46. 46. I'd love to say I love that mustache. It looks really cool. It looks like um, it reminds me of Pablo Escobar type of vibe. Oh, do you know what happened? So, okay, well, today is the, I think, the 1st of August, actually. Um, yeah, 1st of August. We were filming this on a Sunday. It's 4 p.m. Um, yeah, also, so my beard was getting really, like, messy and, like, it was just getting dirty and it was just, like, pissing me off as well because I was, like, it was just scratchy, grainy, and then my mom looked at me, she goes, shave that thing right now, it looks so bad. Because, like, I really want to get, like, good growth, like, thick growth, but instead it just, like, it doesn't grow how I want it, so I know I have to keep shaving it. So then what happened is I had my trimmer, and I'm trimming it, I'm trimming it, I'm doing it. And then I'm like, and, and I, I, I honestly shit you not, the trimmer dies when I'm on this side. <laughs> so, this side so this side is like, I did the sides, which is fine, but like over here, there's a, like a little bit where it's like on like, you know, trim. So it's a little bit longer here, but you can't notice it because it's only slightly. And I, and I always leave the mustache last because it's just easier. And now I was like, you know what? Now I'm just going to rock it. I'll rock it for like a day or two and then I'll, I'll shave it off for the next episode. <laughs> like, you know what? Why not? Just give it a go. Just, um, just try it out. It looks cool. It looks different. Um, dude, I, I remember when I was younger, I, I used to cut my own hair. And literally, I had swimming on, and, and I was like halfway finished. Literally, half my head was like, like sort of a shitty fade that I would do, and the other half was just normal. And it was so obvious. Um, all the parents could tell, all the sort of, all the dads, and yeah, it was just like plain obvious. That was situation one. And another situation two, so it was like before I was going out, I was shaving my and the battery ran out and it ran out and it was stuck and I, it was like i was trying to pull it it hurt like, i don't i don't i don't I either i slowly pulled it out or got scissors and cut it to release and then it was fucking half shaved and then i charged it and then i was like using it every five minutes i was like all right charge five minutes use it for 30 seconds we'll die out charge it again for another five use it for another 30 seconds just so i get it over and done with 100% that's exactly what's happening to me like I'll charge it for 5 minutes and I, like, I use it for like 10 seconds I'm like dude it's not, even, it's, it's not even a bad trimmer like I bought like a decent trimmer like, and I'm like what's going on with it but like you know what I'm gonna let it charge for the entire day I don't care what happens if it doesn't work it doesn't work but like speaking of self trims it's I'm contemplating it. It's getting to that stage. <laughs> my, my head's my, my hair is getting really long like longer than what I'd like it to be I um I have no confidence in my abilities whatsoever. Already, I'm not really happy with the way I trim my beard and everything. So I want to try and like the, the original goal was grow it as much as you can. Then with lockdown finishes, go and get it done by a barber. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to trim it. But yeah, I'm way too scared to cut my hair, man. Like it, I'm, like it might have to be done soon. Are you contemplating it? Is it something you're thinking of doing? Or yeah, my hair's been getting pretty long. And then I sort of use a razor and I just sort of cut the sides to make it straight lined up. That's one thing I did. I can do it mine. I just go on the sides. That's something I used to do, but it was not good. And I haven't done it in ages, so I'm not that confident. But the other day, literally yesterday, I got my mum to just pair of scissors, sort of cut the back, just 
straighten it up, cut around the ears. Uh, and and that's all she did. And then the ears, it was like zigzaggy. <laughs> it's, it's probably not that obvious. But when it was first said, it was like zigzaggy. But like, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's fine because you can't really tell from camera. So it should be okay. But like, even then, like that's smart because you just keep the edges maintained and then it doesn't look like, you know, like an overgrown and everything. So that's why like, I was like, you know what, I'll just shave it off. I don't want it to look too bad. Even the mo's like dirty over the camera. You can't see, but... It's not a clean moan. I don't really like it, but alas, alas, we move. Not much has happened on my end. Um, tomorrow is funny enough, funnily enough, 2nd of August, um, there's a bank holiday. So all employees across all the banks in Australia just get a day off. Yeah, tell me about that. I saw that on my calendar and I was like, interesting. So I guess oh, everyone, or, or I guess all bankers have a day off. Yeah. Yeah. So i'm looking at it now i didn't yeah it is on my so it's a new south wales bank holiday so all bankers in new south wales just straight up get the day off i think it does depend as to what area you are within the bank so i have some friends that work in service lines so front so frontline service so like taking phone calls as a you know first point of contact for banks they still have to work they don't get the bank holiday which makes sense i mean you know if the bank still needs to be contactable but um yeah, my service area, my service line in risk, financial crime is, do they do get the time off. We do have like what they call skeleton staff. So keep a few people rostered on just so if something happens, because, you know, overseas, Singapore, America, try to contact us. We need to be able to get, be there. So that's still available, but I'm I'm so happy. Free long weekend for me and I want to have the children. <laughs> oh, dope. So that means you're not working tomorrow. Um, so it's been, and then you go back on work on Tuesday. Yeah, back on work on Tuesday, and then I took a week off in August because I just I wanted to use my annual leave. So I took a week off. I'm I, I booked I booked my vaccination. Oh, I booked yeah I booked my vaccination on the 25th, so August. So I'm keen for that. Keen to get the jab. Doing what I can. Doing what I can to keep everything safe. New South Wales isn't in a good spot at the moment. Sydney particularly. Well, lockdown confirmed until the end of August. It is what it is. You can't really do much, but you just got to persevere for another month, eh? Talking about that, talking about frontline workers and vaccinations, I got the vax, Christian, yesterday. That's got got the got the vax yesterday. Oh, I'm proud of you, man. Well done. Good start. I uh, went all the way to Liverpool. Um, went in. It was like a weird vibe. It, it felt like a freaking. It felt like um, like a zombie movie. It felt like um, a Walking Dead movie where it was like a lot of nurses, everything's lined up. You walk in, it feels a very sterile environment. Everything's white. There's signs, everything. There's like a whole form of people coming in and out. I have my card. It's like, oh yeah, here's my vax. They ask me questions. Um, I go in, I'm talking to the nurses. I'm finding out they're working like 10 hour shifts minimum. You know, I get the jab. I then get led into this other room, which is a waiting room. You wait for 15 minutes to see if there's any symptoms. So you have to wait there for, you just sit there for 15 minutes and then you sign out and you leave. It was like a really, yeah, it felt like, it was, it was really interesting. It was like, is this real? And sometimes I do wonder when I'm working out, it was like, and then we're all locked down. It's like, this seems like a movie. 100% seems like a movie. So you went and got it in Liverpool? Yes. Did you get a choice? Did you did you book it yourself or did did you get a link from mum or whatever? 
I got a family friend who's a nurse to book it in for me. Amazing. So you got the Pfizer then, right? Because you would have had to book it in. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it does. Like just from the photos I see of people posting, it's just like everyone sitting down and allocated seats and everything. It's very, it's a very dystopic feel, isn't it? Like something that is like a sci-fi movie and it's like, come this way and you go and sit down. No one says a word, no one's speaking. You just hold out your arm, you get jabbed. It's like, it's like preparing you for like a new world order or some shit and everything. But like, look, at the end of the day, it needs to be done like that. Otherwise, it's just, it'll just be absolute chaos. And it is one of those things where it is needs to be properly like ordered, structured and everything. But good to hear that you got your vax. Good to hear you do you're doing your you're doing your work, doing your your bit for the greater good of society, my friends. So I'm happy to hear you got. Vax. You know, one thing that I, my sister told me was like people should see the vaccine as if it's like a Panadol tablet, where you take a Panadol tablet in 24 hours, it's not even in your system anymore. So with the vaccine, after like several months, it's, it's gonna be out of your system. Like they can't put in some chip or some like thing that will control you or something that would like trigger your death. Like that's not possible. Obviously like, dude, it's like scary because I have people on, on both spectrums. And I'm in between, uh, you know, I'm trying to like hear from both sides and you hear crazy shit like that. And, and then, and then I start to wonder, like, fuck, like, what if like the, the like, what if a 1% chance that if I don't take the vaccine, I'm going to be like the freaking Adam and Eve, the, the unvaccinated holy people. And then, but then obviously like, it, and then I start saying, yeah, I've been always going down the 1% route doing things that other people don't do. But at the same time, it's like, how can a vax kill you? And like, they, it doesn't make sense for them to vax everyone to kill everyone or even control everyone. You can't even control people through a vax. But, but yeah, I can tell Christian's just face farming. <laughs> no, like, not even that. It's just, I think the argument that people present of being like, oh, the government wants to control you. Or like, right, do you think the government gives like three shits as to what Moe from the area is doing on a Friday night <clears throat> with his friends. Like, government does not care. I can see, like, um, people being hesitant because of cases coming off of blood clotting and TTT. Uh, I think it's called TT or TTT, something like that. It's like some really, really rare disease that you get. Um, I think it was associated with the AstraZeneca vaccine where it people's blood they'll get blood clots and but that was like a one in like essentially the chance of that happening like one in a hundred thousand or even even less than that so it's like it, it's like it is a very small risk but if you're healthy it's like it should be fine and yeah you're right like the vaccine at the end of the day it's just it's there to protect them yeah people can have their opinions that's fine i don't respect it I don't appreciate it. You can still have your opinion, you know what I mean? It's like, you can do your own thing. You can believe, like, the thing is, I feel like we've, we've spoken about it before. I'll touch on it one last time before we move on. Like, the problem with social media is, and the problem with, not the problem with democracy, but what democracy allows is essentially freedom of speech, free speech. When you have social media, you've got everyone with an opinion trying to voice it out. And then all it takes is, like, one person with, like, heaps of followers to say something. And then everyone's like, wait. And it's like everyone starts questioning their own beliefs. So instead of letting science be at the forefront in providing information, and yeah, it's 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 hard. It's a tough situation, but alas, it is what it is. You got vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated next. Um, yeah, I want to move on. I saw something pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. So, um, 
NFTs, non-fungible tokens. We talked about the pages. I was watching um, I looked at Phase Banks. You know Phase Banks, right? I saw his story. Yeah, so I saw his story as well. So I was like, like I just saw some um, what do they call it? Um, something punks. Crypto punks. What are they called? Crypto punks. Yeah, crypto punks. Some. He's got like what? He seemed like he had ten, I think. Ten, yeah, nine, ten. Nine, yeah, nine or ten. And then he's seeing people buying for like five million. Whatever. I'm like, okay, I see. And then we've had conversations of like, you know, what NFTs they could be the future. Like this is definitely something that a lot of you know, companies could look into getting. Jay Z recently bought one. Yeah, Jay Z bought one. Bloody, I'm looking at. I was just reading some news. Coca Cola made an NFT. They made one or two. What? I'm gonna share my screen. Yeah. Really yes, quickly. please. Um, so Coca-Cola recently um, released or announced that they're gonna be releasing an NFT. I think it's either one or two. That's a cool oh, jacket. Cool. Is that a yeah, jacket? So Whoa! Yeah, oh wait, can you wear it as well? Does it come with the actual jacket? No, no, no. It's just an NFT. Oh, interesting. Call first series because a digital. Interesting. Yeah. So. That's one of them, I think. But another one is a 1956 vending machine, right? Whoa. So, um, so they've got trading cards. So they've got um, trading cards. They've got a bottle opening and a drink being poured over ice. Uh, and it's on sale with, bill- with bidding beginning on July 30, so like a few days ago, ending on August the 2nd. August the 2nd being an American time. Yeah, I want to see where the bid's at. Oh, nice. You have it open. Whoa. The bidding is at... The 30 ETH, which is $77,115.80 USD, which is, that's 105 AUD, 105,535 AUD. And what we have is this, we have a vending machine, things go better with Coke in the back, Friendship Day on the side. It's a very old school vending machine, you know, those ones where it doesn't give you options at the start. And the description just says, it's a Coca-Cola friendship box. Even if I had 30 ETH, I'd be thinking a lot of things. This is Coca-Cola is very like Coca-Cola. They're a brand synonymous with so many things in the world. Like they were one of the first to do so many things, right? And for them to come out and release this, it's like it's like whatever. Like it is, it's just interesting, obviously. But like 20, 30 years time, you could own this and be like, this is Coca-Cola's first entity. Because like think about it, like you know Coca-Cola, they might release like um small little um memorabilia items or anniversary items from like way way back then say if you had remember like 1886 an og 1900s vending machine dude how much would be worth that'd be worth so much and so my train of thought is if you had the first coca-cola nft would that be held in the same regard as holding like a really like first edition coca-cola bottle i don't know i'm gonna stop talking now but like i just thought this was pretty cool not gonna lie interesting so i don't know my gut feeling looking at this so how nfts is going to work is you're going to be put into ready player one you're going to have your own virtual house and it's like if this this yeah i saw that so this box this vending machine comes with all these four things in it five things oh wow So yeah, it takes us back. Oh wait, oh I didn't refresh. Someone, some, oh people have been bidding. Oh what? This is a different one, because it's Coca Cola. The, the own by is different name. Oh, the own by is different name. Okay, interesting. Oh uh, yeah, wow. Okay, hundred and thirty US 
130k USD. And is there any, do they have any other listings, Coca-Cola? If you click on Coca-Cola. Wow. People are bidding. Yeah, they oh. do. They Wait, what? Collected, have a created. Click on created on the left-hand side. Oh, this uh, one. Interesting, damn, 50 ETH. Whoa. ETH from... Yeah, who's Mondor? Let's check him out. This is pretty interesting, I'm gonna lie. They've created a few. Who the hell is this person? He's living in Liverpool, so he, he's from the UK. Wow. He's created a few. He's, 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 he's listed a few. Okay, what's this? NFT Gil 2.65. He's just got this NFT. Curious to see if he has any crypto punks. Let's see, let's see. He's got a lot. As in not crypto punk, but like a lot of NFTs that he holds. <laughs> Real punks. That's, oh, he does. Jeez. Damn. This one. Wait, he's got one, two, three, four, five. Oh, wow. Damn. Interesting. Okay, so you see how much he bought it for? No, he put it on. Oh no, he saw, he bought it for seventeen ETH. This guy's loaded. This guy is loaded. He, he bid for the. Poke. Yeah, who is yeah. this guy? Because I know uh, Gary V. Gary V. spent five million. Well, not five million. He spent one thousand six hundred ETH on the crypto pump. Now let's say he got in really early and bought Ethereum at. Say two hundred dollars each Ethereum, two hundred times one thousand six hundred, three hundred and twenty thousand on that ape CryptoPunk, and CryptoPunks literally I've been following over the last few months. The floor price, meaning the lowest price, was around fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen ETH. Now it's jumped up to like thirty-two. So I think we're definitely in a, like a bullish market where everything is just like overvalued and everyone's buying CryptoPunks. Um, and at the same time, Ethereum is going up in price. So it's like, it's like compounding on each other. Each Ethereum costs more. So, but I think CryptoPunks is like, if you have a CryptoPunk on your like digital house wall, that's going to mean something. That's going to be like, that's a flex. If you have like the first Coca-Cola thing, people might not know it as much, but having a CryptoPunk, everyone will be like, damn, you got one of the 10,000 CryptoPunks. It's like one of those OG things, the very first few things that came out, you know what I mean? Like CryptoPunk, so like people are easily associated with. So like, what I'm imagining is like a house like 20 years in the future. Maybe have a portrait on the wall, a digital portrait, and it's just flashing through the CryptoPunks that they have. I don't know, but I personally just can't believe this is actually a thing. This is just still to this day just blows my mind as to like just just how, but... It's interesting because it's it's a genuine thing. People are buying and selling it. People are willing to spend 130,000 USD, 50 ETH, on a, the very first Coca-Cola NFT. Coca-Cola are smart, being one of the very few companies to just come out and do it. They're smart. They know exactly what they're doing. Even if even if NFTs don't take off, they're going to make money off this just from bloody selling some digital memoirs. So I was like, it's interesting, isn't it? But I'm keen to see what you're... Um, when your first CryptoPunk is going to come around. I'm saving up. I'm saving up. I'm saving up. But talking about new things, the Olympics, that's been like, it's a thing like I forget that like 
you know, my family's watching it, my friends are watching it, everyone's posting stories on it. Like, the Olympics is sort of like bringing the world together, sort of. And if that's just people in local Sydney, that's happening all over the world. And, and I forget that Olympic is like this big thing that brings people together and everyone's watching, eating lunch, watching the Olympics. Of course, of course. It's amazing. You can just, just watch anything and you can just be intrigued by it because, like, people forget, like, people have spent four years or dedicate their entire lives to bloody i don't know disco shop put javelin bloody shooting um you know how there's different shooting there's archery there's so many weird not weird with i'd say it's weird because i'm not used to it right but so many different sports and activities they dedicate their whole lives and they got one stage to perform like obviously they got multiple stages to perform but like the biggest stage in the world olympics Imagine the recognition you get, like the amount of pride you get for doing your country proud. Because you see the standings, we're four, I think. Uh, we got 17 medals. I'm not too sure how many. 29 medals altogether, like 12 gold. Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, definitely tune in tonight. I don't know if you have been watching or not. Tune in tonight, 8:30, and then semi-finals for the 100 meters. The finals at like 11 p.m., 10:50 p.m. Who's so, like, the um, Who's the prime? Who's the most hyped person? um well like there's a few obviously um from jamaica there's a guy johan blake he was running at the same time as bolt was he was always like really fast as well so now the bolt's gone it's time for someone you know to step up but you know what happened yesterday um last night the heats were on so the heats for this um men's 100 meters was on so there's an australian running in it his name is rohan something but this is like a really typical australian guy young young bloke he's got a young 23 year old he's got a huge mullet on the back of him as well he bloody came first in his heat against johan like <laughs> obviously it's just the heat like people obviously save all the energies for the final which makes sense like if you're a runner like johan blake and you know you're one of the fastest people in the world you're not going to go all out in your heat you know what i mean you just gotta just make it through cruise it through but this guy's came out just out of nowhere just beat this Jamaican guy. So now we have an Australian in the semi-final for like the first time in ages in the Olympics. And he ran it in 10 seconds flat. So it could be very interesting. I don't think it'll win. I don't think he'll win gold because, you know, the Olympics are Olympics and it's one of those things. I think he could make it to the finals, but it's crazy, bro. We have an Australian that could potentially be in the finals for the men's 100 meters. I mean, even to make it into the finals, you're one of the, like the eight fastest people in the world. Man, he has long hair. That's massive yeah. drag. He should go bold. So shave like 0. 0.1, 0.01 of a second. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I thought if they like have short hair, surely they reduce the drag, right? Not that I'd know anything about anything, but I'm generally here thinking, I'm seeing, because yesterday was a women's final. So Jamaica won first, second, third. They won gold, silver, bronze, right? Wow. And... You're seeing some of these ladies, they've got long hair. I'm like, how are they able to run? Like, wouldn't their hair get in the face or whatever? But, you know, I mean, they're dedicating their lives to it. They're the ones that know how to run. <laughs> I can't run. They're fast, bro. They are fast. I can't run that fast. Like, bro, that, um, the lady that won it yesterday, the Jamaican lady, she, um, Hera Thompson or Thompson Hera, she's got her own business in Jamaica. She's got a hair salon business in Jamaica. She just won gold. As she's about to win, she's running to the finish line and she sees the timing on the left and she sees she's going to break the Olympic record and she just starts celebrating already and it's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> how 
God damn it. Imagine being that fast. Imagine seeing that you're going to win gold in front of you. But yeah, Olympics, you're 100% right. It's bringing everyone together. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. Like, I haven't been watching it as much as I'd like to, but everyone, like, everyone gets it around the 100 meters. You know what I mean? It's, it's huge. You know um, what it reminds me of? When I was in high school, so I used to do swimming. I used to do, like, a lot of competitive swimming. And, like, swimming carnival was my favorite day. Every year, like, I would always look forward to swimming carnival because it was, like, my one day to shine. Everyone's watching. Everyone's cheering me on. The students versus teachers competition. Everyone's cheering for the students. Um, and it was just, like, that one day where it's, like, all lies on you. And, 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 like, you're coming first and everyone's cheering. It's, like, it's, like, this rush. And then just to think about, like, these Olympic people that's the olympic like one in four years where all eyes are on them the whole world's on them and and i hear a similar um, sort of metaphor models when they sort of go on the sort of the model walk like they might have only one or two fashion shows all year round but that one or two shows how that 30 seconds all eyes are on them it's the best feeling ever and it makes all the rejection and all the pain and dieting worth it apparently but it's like yeah i know what you mean right like your your everything you've trained for for the year comes up everyone's cheering you the adrenaline rush would be insane as well did you ever win did you ever go through like regionals and stuff i got all the way to regionals but i never could go from regionals to state state was like regional was like tough or i was like couldn't get to state of course, of course, because I think that's like I always wondered like how these people get scouted or like what happens, like how do they get founded? How do you suddenly become an Olympic swimmer? It starts with grassroots primary school, like you know, maybe your parents take you into the swimming pool when you're young, you just start swimming and you just keep swimming and you're swimming all your life, and then suddenly you're in primary school or high school and you're competing in the high school carnival, you get to regionals, then you get to state. And you get to nationals and you win nationals. And suddenly people are looking at you like, hey, this could be a real career ahead of you. You know what I mean? That could have been you, my friend. If you if you stuck to it, imagine. Imagine imagine getting through the state and everything. Like in that in that same scenario, like I've generally always wondered, like, how do they find these people? How do they find the fastest people in the world? But you know, there's developments in place in each country to facilitate the growth of the athletes. So it's 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 crazy, like when you break it down, like some kid next to you could potentially be going to the olympics just based on how we swam in the swimming kind of weird i mean like it, it's it's funny like i always break it down like that it's interesting yeah it was, it was crazy like i'd go to sydney olympic pool and you would see olympic swimmers training sometimes and it's just like whoa like he's right there um but yeah i think the olympics are like insane definitely want to talk more about it next week definitely have a few different uh, sort of um not theories or scenarios that i'd like to get your thoughts on for the olympics but we'll save for next week um another thing that i've recently thought about this week i was thinking about like why do certain people pick at primary school pick at high school or pick at university like what does it mean to pick and then why do they just drop off and disappear and i and i think i've gotten the solution maybe i don't know my theory is 
because I was thinking about this. I was like, when, once COVID's over, I'd love to like do a bunch of like events at like my house, like invite like 10, 20 people, have it just like crammed into here, but like nice music, food, um, go on road trips and invite people, go on snow trips and just like start putting things together. And then I was like thinking about it. I was like, my theory is you peak when you start cashing your chips and you start putting together events, getting really, really social. And when you start doing those things, you, you forget the ball. You, you, your eyes are no longer on the ball in the game and you start getting complacent and you start sort of just leveling off. Whereas other people are still secretly just grinding it out behind the scenes. And like, I was thinking, I was like, huh, think about, think about all these like popular people that peaked in university or high school, they were always going to social events. They were always putting together or like attending social events. And that's what they spent a lot of time doing. And then sort of once they got to that next level, either one, they had to spend time catching up. Two, they got sick of it. They got tired of putting together social events. So they're like, they just like got low key. But that's my theory on, on why, how um, the pros and cons of, of peaking and falling off. What's your thoughts on that, Christian? You need to go deeper. You need to give me more. You didn't give me the pros and cons of falling off because my thing is, because my thing is I'm, I'm listening. It's it's easy to say someone's peaked or not, but like, you know, you could say that, you know, maybe you saw them heaps in primary school or high school, but you don't see them after school, but who knows what they're doing, you know? Like, sure. Obviously, just because, you know, they're not posting their achievements or whatever, they could be happy as long as they're happy doing their own thing. That's the main thing. Like, I, I don't see many people from my high school only my friends and stuff right but like you think about those people in high school there's like oh hey remember that guy like you shared a class we probably shared a class with them and like you're like oh wonder what they're doing now and it's easy to think oh they never peaked or whatever but like everyone's just doing their own thing at the end of the day sometimes you know what i mean it's like easy to just say oh you know they peaked and now they've fallen off because they're not doing anything maybe they were social in high school not social after however I know what you're trying to get to in terms of, you know, people that they're always like around, like they always like, you know, want to be the big man, like trying to be the big man and like, you know, going here to there, here to there. And it's like, wonder what they're doing. Yeah, I get what you mean, but you got to go deeper. Like, I understand what you're trying to say. Are you, are you, are you honestly like, are you going to, are you going to social it up after? No, I think that the main conclusion was like, maybe I, I shouldn't social it up. Um, Cause like, I, I remember like, I was thinking, like, if I put together a social event, one, I'm just going to be dropping money. Two, I'm going to be, like, exhausted the next day. Three, there's going to be a lot of cleaning up. Four, yes, it's going to be cool to, like, bring a lot of people together. Um, it'll be, like, a fun night, I guess, but it'll be a lot of work. And, like, the only reason why I do it is just for that social clout. I'm not, like, right now I'm so focused. I'm so locked in. I'm getting so much done. And, like, it's weird how there is an urge to catch in and like I have a lot of people that are like my age that are really cool that would want to hang out and I can put together some pretty cool events um on a routinely basis and, and rather than spending time on my own start bringing people together and not focus on myself but focus on on flexing myself I guess or show off all the cool things I have um and then that thought was like a theory to be like oh maybe I should just keep focusing and doing my thing and like, there's no need to like freaking put together events. Like when celebrities start 
putting together like these like million dollar sort of parties that's sort of when they start slowing down getting complacent and they, they're not grinding to that next level um and then yeah it was, it was a bit of a like should i go down this route versus and like why do i want to go down this route and the potential um consequences of going down that route uh, i see i see like the, yeah i know what you're talking about now like in terms of how everyone does it you know how they do it in america they hold these cool like you know low-key parties or like low-key gathers it looks sick like you see drake holding every now and then like he's in a club with some few people and everything's like yeah so that's pretty sick that's pretty sick however gotta start somewhere gotta get to that stage at one point i reckon if you go to america that would be sick that'll be sick in america you know what i mean like opportunities there are you, are you still thinking of going oh right now like just seeing everyone move out of new york and move out of la and like people wanting to move to australia and like i, I feel like i have this gut feeling that australia might be the next like haven logan paul moved out of la like people are moving out of la you're right like a lot of people like hate la like when you hear in interviews like oh i hate la yeah continue yeah you're thinking australia's the next haven because like one we're an island we're like secure two we have like amazing like we have a bit of everything like snow summer beach desert everything or a lot of different sports three a lot of celebrities are already moving to like byron bay and moving to australia living in australia um and, and four business and entrepreneur wise like i'm starting to feel it slowly grow and start becoming its thing and like I saw this TikTok of this girl from LA. She moved to Australia and she, like, she's working on her clothing brand, but she just works on it virtually online. And she now lives in Australia and she loves Sydney. Um, and like with the way America's gone, it feels like it's on a decline culturally for some reason. I don't know. I've, I've always, I've always, you know, thought like, there's just so much going on there. Like, it's just so hard. Like, you get caught up in just shit that you didn't want to be caught up on. Your focus is dragged. Your attention is dragged. You see a pretty girl around the corner. You know, you'd be like, oh, damn, there's so many of these pretty girls. And you're like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Dude, LA, pretty girls everywhere. <laughs> it's insane. Like, LA, everyone's beautiful. It's it's like the mecca like everyone goes there to be a movie an actor a model a singer and like it's oh. just it's like it's like what the hell like everyone's beautiful here all the waitresses everyone there's always like everyone just probably thinks like to get big or like you know to get to that next stage you gotta be in la to do that you gotta achieve it in la so like i don't know i was just on youtube the other day i was just like just just on youtube you know what i mean I actually haven't been watching much YouTube at all in lockdown, but just opened my YouTube and that happened. And I saw a video saying goodbye or something. I don't know. Like it was that dwarf guy. That yeah, dwarf I saw that video guy. on my TV. It was like a recommended buddy. Click on it. What is that about? The um, Logan Paul dwarf. That dwarf. What's it? I forget his name. Yeah. So because um, Logan Paul's moving to Puerto Rico, they're like essentially disbanding that LA house. So I don't know who, I don't know the situation of the living, who was in the house and who wasn't. Um, but yeah, cause Logan Paul's packing up everything and he's going to Puerto Rico. I think some people are moving with him. Some people aren't cause you know, Mike may like, and I don't know. So like, he just pretty much just said, oh yeah, I won't be moving to Puerto Rico. And he's just going to be starting living his own life now. So like he said, he wants to be an actor, a voice actor. So he's going to go and try and pursue that. So it's crazy. Like 
I, I never like watched that guy's videos or anything, but I always knew he was in Logan's vlogs all the time, just doing random weird shit. And like for him always just to be in the background of vlogs, just sitting there, just, you know, being funny and shit. Now to like guy and living in his life, it's like, oh damn, interesting. Like it's one of those things I didn't really realize, but like, yeah, you're right. People are moving out of LA, but LA is a place to be. Like if you're a TikToker, everyone's in LA, bro. Everyone. These... I don't even I don't, I don't even use TikTok right, but I'm I, every now and then I go on Instagram reel, reels and I'm seeing these this the same pair of twins always on um on TikTok and like they're always in that I think they call Cloudhouse or whatever with Tyler Holder and shit. I'm like all these people just coming out of nowhere but suddenly becoming very relevant. You're right, LA's a place to be. Beautiful people everywhere, but I don't know, brother. It's a comfy life over here. It's a nice, quiet, peaceful life. What more do you want? Lockdown in Sydney. 239 cases a day, bro. <laughs> you ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And, and then like Bondi and Byron Bay, when I've been to those place cities, it has this entrepreneurial vibe. Like I, I could feel it's, it's growing. But you're right. Like the reason why I want to move to America is just because I want that bustle. I want to be surrounded by successful people. But I'm sort of at a place where I don't need to be surrounded by successful people. I know what my problems are. I know the solutions. I just need to do work. I just need to grow the company. Maybe when I start hiring in-house people and I need good talent, that's probably when it makes sense to move to America because they will just have better talent than Australia. Um, but yeah, other than that, another thing I've been doing a lot lately is meditating. Christian, have you ever, like, what's your thoughts on meditation? Um. I haven't really meditated per se. I'm I'm bound by religious values, which my family upholds. So um, how do I put this? We do meditate per se, but also pray, if that makes sense. So I don't really sit down and meditate, but I mean, talk to me. What is it? I don't, I don't really, I don't really meditate per se, but yeah. So maybe let's reframe it. This is sort of what I do. I usually close my eyes for five minutes, but in a five minute time. It is, it is meditation. It is, don't reframe it. Like it is, like it is, it's, everyone does it. You know what I mean? It's just, I, don't, I just don't do it. I just didn't know if what I do is classified as meditation. It's more so, yeah. Continue, sorry. Every morning, one thing I found is sometimes it's hard for me to get out of bed because I wake up and have all these thoughts. It's like sleeping, it's so nice and warm, just sleep an extra few but an easy thing is just to sit up in bed and I'll have the blanket still over me, get my watch, put on a five minute timer, and then I close my eyes. And I just like breathe in and out. And, and when, you're, when I was a beginner, I'll just focus on my breath and try to like move, remove any other thoughts. And when I think of other things, I'll bring it back to the breath. Now I try to like just not think about anything, clear my mind. And obviously my mind always wanders and starts thinking about other things, but I bring it back. Um, and that's sort of what I do every morning. And after that five minutes finish, it's like, okay, cool. Let's get out of bed. It makes getting out of bed easy because like my mind's cleared. Um, but the biggest thing I've learned from it is just sort of really helps with like self-awareness. Like for example, cold showers. That's another thing. For the last three, four years, I would always fight the cold shower. I'd be like, let's do it. This feels amazing. I'm gonna, today's going to be amazing. Let's yes let's do it and i'll fight it i'll just like try to brute force through it and then i remember like people always say like embrace it you know what it is what it is so i was like huh maybe i should start trying to just embrace 
the 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 fear my mind going haywire as I'm opening the shower and going in and my mind's literally going, don't go in, maybe put on the hot water, maybe cancel it. Like I'm just embracing it, getting the cold water hurts, but I'm just embracing the pain. That was phase two. So it took me like three years to figure out phase two. And I think phase three, which I'm trying to crack now, is rather than just embracing the pain and embracing the fear and all the sort of things running in your mind, try to enjoy it. Try to like enjoy the fear, enjoy the pain. And, and I got that from Tony. Tony, my, one of my meat factory mentors, he said he doesn't have any fears. What do we have no fears? And then and that triggered this. Um, do you know what would be funny? If he's like, I have no fears. Like, and then he like takes a mask and like, I'm Batman. <laughs> continue, continue. And then... Um, and then that sort of stemmed from meditation and really just like all those little things like I'm noticing that all these things are happening because of meditation I'm being able to oh dopamine I'm able to notice hey I'm really like addicted to this or like I'm drawn I have this feeling and urge to pick up my phone and then I'm aware of that because of meditation that's something I've been slowly cracking over the last year after doing it for like multiple years I definitely like know where you're coming from in terms of the enjoy it and the embracing. I don't really do that in cold showers, but what I do, like I remember when I was in, um, the one thing I've always done is like, you know, when um, it's really cold and like you're, you're obviously underdressed, you're underlayered and like you're freezing. It's, it's, it's middle of winter in high school. You have a jacket, everyone like it'd be shivering and stuff. It'd be so cold. We're like, I've, I like in high school, I've always just been like, I use, I always used to like just stop for like 10 seconds, just breathe in and just, just let it like go through you the cold and just, just straight embrace it. Right. Just embrace it. And I was just like, just let it go through you. Just don't think about it. Cause the minute you think about it, then you're cold, turn into psychological game. So I just like breathe in and then ready myself. And then just like, it's really cold, but like, it is what it is and just accept it. And then it works for like 30 seconds and I'm shivering again, because at that point, like, you're just always going to be cold. Right. And then like, when I went to Japan, like it was freezing there and like, obviously we were laid up and everything, but it's so easy to just like, you know, keep shivering because it's so cold. But like, I just, I just kept embracing. I was just like enjoying. I was like, dude, I'm here. I'm loving it. This is the weather. I, this is the weather I love. Like, even though if I am really cold, I am really shivering. I love this weather. And like, just just stopping just letting it go through you i'm like all right yeah this this is sick i enjoyed it but yeah 100 percent know what you mean in terms of just embracing and everything i can't do cold showers there's no way you can never convince me to have a cold shower in the middle of winter never never i don't care i know that it's one of those things that everyone does and i know it's like super cool in terms of not cool but i know like it really like you know gets you ready gets you prepared and everything but absolutely no chance especially now that i'm working from home no chance because i don't have to go outside i can stay indoors in the cool in in, in the warmth of my own in my room you know what i mean so like i don't have to go outside and face the cold so i'll never do a cold shower i think that was like the, my biggest light bulb we're like wow like i haven't heard anyone talk about learning to embrace the cold or trying to enjoy and and love the cold shower everyone's always talking about the benefits how it helps you build your immune system how it gets you start and then i I used to just force myself to do it just because i thought those were the benefits i had literally no reason of doing it i thought well maybe it makes me mentally strong but after learning to embrace i was like wow this is a really good skill and then learning to embrace i've been able to learn how to embrace lack of motivation learn how to embrace fear of big ambiguous task 
and like it's been like it's been this compounding thing and like even the checklist things are starting to freaking compound christian it's crazy like i've spent the last two to three years just pushing through it with sheer grind the last year overthinking the hell out of everything and figuring out how to be like efficient and i've sort of got something that's like pretty solid and now it's just off to the races and i've probably done more than i've done in a whole year Things we love to hear, bookmark this, things we love to hear. I absolutely love it. Buzzing for you, buzzing for you. That's what you need. That's what you want to hear. But you're 100% right. But like in terms of that as well, embracing, you know, lack of motivation, you got to embrace the shit times, the times when like nothing's going your way. Stand up. Yeah. All right. Nothing's going my way. Yeah. All right. What am I going to do? All right. Keep going. You know, keep pushing. Embrace it. Because if you don't, you're just going to let yourself drag and feel bad and everything. But I'm going to stop you there before we go. And I know you can keep going. Do you want to have a last say? Put it, put in your last word. Put in your last This word. is a perfect ending. Uh, great way to end it. Great episode. Really enjoyed um, you guys listening. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all the support. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast. Um, I was thinking about this. Like I was like thinking back to like Joe Rogan's. So if you go Joe Rogan episode one, it was so like like blurry it looked like so like unorganized and he literally probably had like five to ten viewers and he probably was like that for the first hundred episode and i really feel that because we got like we had like eight six listeners eight listeners now i feel like we probably have like around 20 solid listeners and it's really nice to hear and it's feel like it's this slow exponential curve but but it's like it's like really slow in the beginning but yeah yeah it is what it, it is what it is we have um if you guys could subscribe i'd appreciate that i, I i'll give if you tell me you subscribe i'll give you a thumbs up if you subscribe it's currently at 15 we started oh. with, we started a brand new last time i saw it was at 14. yeah so we have 15 subscribers i appreciate all 15 of you you are you are beautiful people if it gets to 16 next week I'll be stoked. I'll be stoked. But um, yeah, look, thank you so much. Um, we'll include links everywhere, obviously, for if you want to listen to it on um, music streaming service as well. Thank you so much. Episode 45, you know what that means. Six more weeks until we hit 52. 52 is coming up. It's around the corner. Thank you guys for listening. Episode 46. See you next week. Peace.